So before I start, I was recently praying on my knees. I went on my knees at around uh, six in the morning with a plan that I'll do half an hour there about of prayer. Then get prepared for a meeting at 8.30. Thank God the meeting was within the same hotel that I was uh, staying in. And so I went to pray a spiritual prayer, as I always do. Do you know spiritual prayers? Yes, so I was praying spiritual prayers for next year and for my family as we transition to different countries and, you know, the normal prayers we make. Father, bless my family, enlarge my territory, give us good health, give us opportunities. You know, isn't that a good prayer? It is, right? The Holy Spirit told me, Godfrey, shut up. Nyamaza. So I'll tell you why he told me to get to shut up. And for almost two hours, the Holy Spirit was instructing me how to pray. By the time I finished the instruction, it was 8.32. So I had around three minutes to be in the boardroom. And I was in the boardroom in a record seven minutes. My wife, you need to clap for me. <laughs> Don't ask me what I didn't do or what I did. And so the Holy Spirit taught me about what to ask for for next year because it's been my culture to pray for next year I tend to think personally that it will not be wise as a believer to walk into the next year without a strategic plan that you have before the Lord that you walk rudderless you know what I mean by rudderless like a ship without compass I tend to believe that as a believer you need to have a word in your spirit that propels you through the year. Because without the realm of God in your spirit, you can't withstand the ups and downs that life may come your way. Hallelujah. So when you have the word of God in you, it gives you faith. And so God gave me five things that I want us to share today. Perhaps two or three as time will allow. So 2 Corinthians 8, 7. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. New King James Version. Okay. Bible says, but as you are bound in everything, he mentioned five things. So here Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, comparing them with the church of Macedonia. And so he's telling them, before I come, I want you to learn from a little church in Macedonia. And he says, as you are bound in everything, and he mentioned the following, abound in faith, abound in speech, abound in knowledge, in diligence, and in your love for us. See that you are bound in this grace also. Number five, is just said this grace also. NIV. We see what that grace is. Okay? So, in the last sentence it says, see that you excel in this grace of giving. So, the grace also in New King James Version is the grace of giving. He's telling them, the church in Macedonia, though it's weak and small, abounded in riches and prosperity and openness towards us. 
they gave exceedingly. So today I want us to talk about five aboundings. Five aboundings. Now abounding, aboundings is not an English word. So for the young guys in this church, don't go write a composition called aboundings. Okay, that is just a topic for Brother Mulong. Okay, so the word, the noun is abound, which basically means excel, excel. Amplified said, be excel beyond. Excel in the following areas. One, excel in faith, excel in giving, excel in knowledge, excel in diligence, and excel in speech. So the Holy Spirit told me, Brother Mulongo, these are the things you should pray for next year. Don't come here asking me for stuff. And I told the early church uh, in the morning that when you become a father, children teach you the word of God. There are scriptures that will never come life to you until you have children. One of them is like this one, the one I've just said. When the Holy Spirit told me to stop praying, I understood how foolish I've been praying from two prayers when I'm at the university level. And so, I give an example. Every time we are traveling somewhere, like soon we'll be going out for Christmas holiday, when you tell my girls, my, my daughters at home that we are traveling, they never ask you important questions. Like my wife will ask. My wife will be concerned about why are we going to sleep? What are we going to eat? You get that legitimate concerns. Me too. I'll be concerned about where you're going to sleep, if you're going to a hotel, eat, how many days, if we're going outside camping, do we have a net? You know, those small things. But my little girls at home, they only are concerned with one thing. When are we going? <laughs> Hallelujah. Mothers understand. Dad, when are we leaving? Now I have understood, now I have become wiser. I only give them appointment within two days difference. Because they will vester me, they will bother me. Okay? Be anxious for nothing. So two days is enough. Now, God taught me one thing, that I need to be like a child. My next year has already been provided for. The question is just as you'll be asking, Father, when are we, when is the New Year's Kesha? The New Year has been provided for. So these prayers, my, my son, brother, Mlongo bringing here, bless me next year, give me good health and ugali and a nice suit has been catered for. Those are from two prayers. Now, as for you, son of Mlongo, pray to abound. Pray to abound the following five things. Number one, giving. Let's begin with that one. It's a bit easier. Abound in giving. Let out of your belly come blessings for your people. For 20 years you have been praying, give me, give me. Now it is give, give. For 20 years I've been in salvation. God has been blessing me. Really. Now it's for me now to generate life, to give life, to give prophecies, to pray for people. And my brother next year, sickness will not be close to me. You have got sickness, I'll pray for you. And so Jeremiah, writing to the captives who had gone to uh, Babylon, and there had come some erroneous teaching by other 
false prophets who were telling people in uh, Israelites in uh, captivity that they will go back to Israel. Remember the story in Jeremiah 29. We have got the famous 29-11. have got good plans. And Jeremiah writes a letter to the captives and tells them, look here. Don't be cheated. Plant vineyards and eat from the vine. Plant crops. Get married. Let your children get married. Get grandchildren. And he says in 29, I think 7, he says, and for you, pray for the prosperity of the land in which you have been taken captive. For if that land prospers, you prosper as well. And so, the Holy Spirit taught me on my knees, now begin praying for the prosperity of Tanzania. Don't be like a Chinese. Sorry, sorry, I'm not Chinese here. There are certain forms of Chinese, so to say this. <sighs> they come to your country not to benefit you. A good number of them. They come to extract from the land. I don't know if they have followed the story in Mozambique. I have worked in Mozambique myself. It's a beautiful, large country with vast indigenous forests. Recently, someone went and took an aerial photograph of certain forests in Mozambique, and it is devastated by Chinese contractors taking indigenous trees. I'm not saying all of them are like that, but many foreigners come to a country like that. They come to extract from us. They don't replenish. They dig big trenches in, in Gong Forest and leave them open. So God was showing me, you are like a Chinese, just wanting to extract from Tanzania and the countries you work. This time, no. It is giving. It is giving. So brother says, next year, let's not focus on receiving. Let's focus on giving. On giving. That's my prayer. Abound in giving. And I gave a testimony this morning. My brother is here. Allow me to, I know you're a humble brother, brother Mwangi. Allow me to give this testimony. A mutual pastor of ours in the village uh, last Thursday, uh, Thursday part one, I think, yeah, it's been around one week, came home and found his elder son missing. Just gone missing, a teenager like this guy. Firstborn son. During his wedding, I was the best man, so we have got a long history. He's a mutual friend of my brother, Mwangi. And so, as a parent, you are devastated. No phone calls, the relatives are not there. And he called me and Brother Mwangi and explained, and we began praying with him. He's agonizing, second day, third day, until yesterday when I came in the country, I called him. And he explained to me, one thing he told me in tears, also gave me tears. He said, that man Mwangi has been an angel in my life. May God bless him. May God, he said many times on the phone, he said, that man has been calling me every day asking about the status of my child every day without fear, every day calling me, every day and praying with me on the phone and sending me some little money here and there for airtime and transport. That man has been an angel. He has been an angel. God bless him. God bless him. That's what we are talking about. Being able to give. Blessing others in need. Next year, brothers and sisters, your food has been taken care of. Now let's give. Let's give. Let's bless this country. This country, Kenya, is blessing. Let's bless them. Young guys in school, bless the teachers. Bless others. Take time to bless others. I remember one day, I think I told another, the young guys are here. Uh, I was fourth year at the university. And we were revising for a very tough paper. 
called statistics in education. Now, statistics in education is not everyone's given, right? There were so many C's and D's. And as I was just about to exit the library, one lady classmate comes to me wanting that I assist her in one of the statistics questions, you know? It was around 10 p.m., tired. The paper is at 7, at 8 the next morning. You want to catch a nap and be ready for the paper. She comes with around three questions asking for assistance. I felt disgruntled, but she had asked for assistance. So we took her to a place called Science on 39. Those were in Kenyatta University, you know this. And I took her through. Well, I failed mathematics in high school, but at the university, I got all A's in mathematics. <laughs> now I do statistics and data. Isn't God amazing, right? And so I took her through statistics. Guess what? When we went in the exam, one of those questions, 40 marks, was there. Was there. The one we went through. And I had assisted her. You can imagine how I bless the Holy One of Israel. <laughs> so when you give, the Bible says you receive. So next year, let's do what? Let's abound in giving. Number one. Number two. Youth, I'll finish this and you can go if you want to go. The teenagers. Knowledge. It says, and excel in knowledge. Now, knowledge here is not the knowledge in Second Peter, chapter 2. Now, this scripture we have read is almost word for word with Second Peter from chapter 5. Which Peter says, giving all due diligence or giving diligence, add your faith virtue, which is morals. And on virtue, add knowledge. That word knowledge is the same one as this, which is called gnosis. Okay? Gnosis in, uh, uh, in Greek. Gnosis. Gather knowledge. That's the word. So he says, and when you get knowledge, get self-control. On self-control, add perseverance. On perseverance, godliness. On godliness, brotherly kindness. On brotherly kindness, love. Now, I, I like the one that follows. He says, if these things abound, the same word here, if these things abound in you, in exceedingly measure, they will prevent you from being unprofitable or barren in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The second knowledge there is epignosis. The first one is gnosis. He says, collect knowledge. And this knowledge will help you to be an unprofitable believer in the knowledge, epignosis of Jesus Christ. Two words, but different meaning. So in the first one, he's saying, when you have knowledge, you become profitable in the epignosis of Jesus Christ. Are you following? So for believers, knowledge becomes capital. Some of us were taught in the, uh, I think in Form 1 or Form 2, we were taught factors of production, Remember? They told us land is a factor of, pro of production. Entrepreneurship, yes, that girl is smart. Entrepreneurship, another one. Capital, yes, the last one. Labor. We have got smart guys here. Can you clap for them? You know, Pastor, I keep just looking forward for the next 10 years in this church. Whenever time I see these guys with dirty jeans here, you wait 10 years and you will see. 
Hey, wait 10 years. When they begin catching this microphone, you will be shocked. Just try to hear what they are saying here. Okay? Keep that momentum. You bless my heart. Every time I see them running here, it just bless my heart. So, we were taught four factors of production. And one of them is labor. Okay? I, I keep thinking the person who introduced that theory should go back and revise it a bit. Because labor was industrial period where muscle was important. But now, it's not necessarily labor. It is knowledge. Skilled labor. Skill has become a factor of production. It is important also in the body of Christ. It blesses my heart every time I see a man of God in the boardroom with vast knowledge. It blesses my heart. When I see them on TV and they are equipped with vast knowledge, it blesses my heart. The Bible says if you acquire sufficient knowledge capital, you become profitable in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So it is not a carnal thing to acquire knowledge. It is spiritual. So my challenge, brothers and sisters, let's acquire knowledge. Invest in knowledge excavation because it will make you, as the Bible says, becoming profitable. So God has challenged me at my age to seek, to acquire, to grow in knowledge. So that's also a challenge for you. Now, let me break it down this way. As I told the early church in the morning, that there is a difference between an artisan and an electrician and, and, and an engineer, right? An artisan and an engineer. They all do similar things, but they're different. Hello? Okay. An artisan, the difference between an artisan and an engineer is just one thing. One knows the how, and the other one knows the why. That's the difference. Okay. Artisans are not bad people, but I wish that artisans can also be engineers. That you are an artisan, but you know the why. And I gave an illustration that we had, a trouble, we had trouble with our house up here, across the road. We had blockage every time in the sink, and I would call the artisans plumbers to come and remove, you know, and block the sink. Many times, it's like it become a business every month. I got tired. And so I went back to my brother again, and told him, do you have anyone knowledgeable in this thing? So he sent me some guy who came there. I wasn't there when he was there, I had travel. This guy came and checked the system and said, the pipe is, I think it's eight inches. This sink was meant for a family of two. But now you are many and you are lawyer. Sorry, I didn't see this. Because it was meant for two people, so there's too much food coming in the sink. You needed a 12-inch pipe. So we need to undo all the tiles and change the pipe. And that was our solution. But the artisans will only come to unblock the sink. So God is calling us to stop being artisans to be engineers. Now, let me begin with men. Engineering for next year. This is the challenge. For men... My generation. My call is no important people. The knowledge of important people. That's for men. In your phone, have 
telephone numbers of important people. And I'm not talking about politicians. Though those are also important people. I'm talking about people who come handy when you need assistance. Either they will need, either you require assistance from them or someone in the church around you will require assistance and you know someone. Hello? So for men my age, know someone. And I gave a, a, a scripture in the morning today about David. I think that is First, first Samuel 18. Uh, David is running away from Saul. They are living in the cave. And the Bible says 400 men who were disgruntled in debt and discontent came to David. 400 men. But they didn't come alone. Among the people who came to David in the cave of Adullam and in the bush was David's mother and father. Yes, and David's mother. Now, the Bible says, David took his mother and father and took them to Mizpah and left them with the king of Moab and says, can you please take care of my mother and father? Are you following stories, young guys? That you can take your mother and father to state house and tell the president, I have got business to deal with. You hold my foot, hold care of my father and my mother, because in the bush is hard. Doing a guerrilla warfare is hard. You are living under forests and caves and raiding for food. You can't go with your mother. You won't go far. As someone keeps saying in this church, there will be like a mango on your back. They'll tell you, no, no, my son, today it's raining. You can't go out. Okay? So David had connection and this state house. Brothers and sisters, have connections, brothers, ahead, people ahead of you. Have people around you across the board and those at the back. I am away in Dodoma, but sometimes when he calls me that we have a leaking tank, what I normally do is I just send her a conduct. That is sufficient. I didn't tell her anything, just a conduct. And her problems are solved. If Bush comes to Shof, I tell her, talk to Brother Mwangi. Or call Brother Alice or Brother February. Here is the number. I don't need to give them any instruction. It is sorted. I have what? Connections. And next year, I am going to grow, to grow. Last week, I had, I got a contact of the best IT in Tanzania. Went to him and I said, man, can I have your number? For three weeks, I'm hosting a workshop. We are digitizing government services. I've been given 34 programmers from government, so I'm leading them to digitize e-citizen. But there's one guy in the team who spoke nothing in three weeks. He had a headphone. And so I got frustrated. We, we are short of staff, and this guy has got a headphone. So I called the director. It is in, 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 in the ministerial um, a team. I need to replace one of these guys. He's not adding me value. The director told me, who is that? So I explained, say, that should be so and so. He said, Mulongo, if you touch that guy, you won't have the product. <laughs> he is the best we have in the country. Now, last week we, begin, we began coding. You know, the first weeks we were doing system design, and we began coding. His desk, all other programmers are going there for troubleshooting. He just gets off one hook, gives an instruction, and it's done. So I went to him and I said, can I have your number? 
get connected. Sisters, let's call sisters, knowledge capital. Okay, knowledge capital. Sisters. For sisters, this is yours. There is a movie drama, a drama, a, dr a drama series in the, on, on TV called um, Scandal. You know Scandal? Yes. Scandal, the main actor is a lady by, her real name is called um, Kerry Washington. But her drama stage name is called Olivia Pope. So for sisters, this is my instruction. Next year, be an Olivia Pope for your family. Now, Olivia Pope is the president's lawyer. And she fixes everything for the president. Everything that the president has, she has got a solution, a suggestion, advice. She knows stuff. And so, in Proverbs 1, the Bible says, talks about the virtuous woman. And it begins by a question. Remember that? Can we, can we beam that one and see? King James Version. Or, or New King James Version. So next year, sisters who are married, be an Olivia Pop. I keep telling when you are my Olivia Pop. Very important. Are we there? Uh, that one, verse 10, Proverbs. See how Olivia Pope does. Now, the whole of, of, of that one from 10, Proverbs, is about Olivia Pope. So if you cannot remember anything, remember what? Olivia Pope. Okay, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth, her worth is above rubies. Okay, and the one follows. The next. The heart of her husband safely trusts now, from there, the Bible begins now explaining why the heart of the husband trusts the wife. And it begins giving the qualities of an Olivia Pope. Now, when you hear a husband saying, my brother, let me consult my wife. He's telling you, I have an Olivia Pope in the house. Hello? Or if a husband tells you, please, can you talk to my wife? He's not, he's not telling you, Brother February, that you are not in my league. He's trying to tell you she may give you better perspective than I can. He's telling I have got a fixer at home. And so, sisters, I gave an example in the morning. When your husband is constructing a house and you are the one in, and he tells you go and manage, I am away. Manage like an Olivia Pope. Observe the number of sermons, number of bugs. Number of sons, how many staff work? When you come in the evening, come with a good idea. Saying, I think if we go to Nyamakina, we can get cheaper cement. You are becoming an Olivia Pope. The heart of the husband is slowly trusting you. He trusts in you because you are a troubleshooter. You are adding value. That's what Olivia Pope does. So, sisters, be Olivia Pop. Fix things. Let when the husband says, we are constructing a garage and is away, he knows you'll make the right decisions. Because you'll ask people the right questions. You'll have the right connections to be an Olivia Pop. Hello? If the husband doesn't consult you on things, 
then you need to up up your Olivia Popoism. <laughs> now, for young girls and boys, knowledge capital. Remember talking about knowledge? Capital. It is a spiritual thing. Young girls, this is uh, telling you from your, your father, you're my daughters. And also for the mothers. Mothers and parents, let's equip particularly our daughters with wisdom for the world. Backstreet wisdom. Streetwise. Have you heard of streetwise? It is amazing at my age, I told you I married an old man. I saw many things in Java. Okay. I saw many things in Java. Bought many people coffee in the process. And sometimes, as we were bachelors, we'll say, there are some sisters who buy them coffee, and when you go home, the only thing you remember is what you told them. They were yes and yes or no. There was no any value addition. Young girls, let me tell you one thing. Bible says that charm is deceptive and the beauty is fleeting. Beauty is a diminishing return investment. Don't invest in beauty alone. If you have to invest in beauty, it will be in the proportion of 80 and 20. Spend 80 time on improving knowledge and 20 on beauty. It will pay back dividendly. 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 You will see in 10 years, those who are investing in beauty and those who are investing in knowledge, you will begin seeing difference every day, every day. A brother buys you coffee, you are beautiful, and the next day he doesn't call you again. Because when you are leaving the university, beauty becomes a premium, it's valuable. But when you reach 30, people want to settle down. Beauty becomes secondary. I am telling you as your father or your big brother. It will become secondary. And if they make a mistake and marry you for beauty and you don't have knowledge, watch this. You see very beautiful women, very beautiful, being married by husbands. And the husbands come in meetings with their daughters and their sons. You never see the wives. They're all in Runda in the backyard. Because the husband married for beauty and with the time he realized it was a mistake. There's no value addition. So value, uh, beauty has become a diminishing return. For those who bought land and not vehicles, land has appreciated. The girls with the knowledge begin being promoted. Begin being promoted. They may delay in marriage, but they get the best man. We have settled knowledge, capital. But we'll do the last one. We'll do three aboundings. We've done giving. We've done knowledge. The last one is Yes, let me do faith. Okay. So he says, abound in faith. Next year, brothers and sisters, what should we do? We should do what? Abound? Now, our brother Peter tells us that, that when you have faith, don't sit on your force. He says, when you get faith, don't stay there. He says, faith is important, but on top of faith, add 
knowledge. We've talked about knowledge. So faith is important. But we need to grow it. But we need to add more other things. So let me just talk about faith. That next year, faith is going to be important if you're going to invest in it. Because faith will take you through areas where knowledge will not take you through. So all those things are complementary. Hello? Knowledge is complementary. Giving is complementary. Diligence is complementary. One of them alone is not sufficient. So we're being told here by our brother Paul that also faith. And I said in the early service that with time, I am learning that faith cannot be taught fully. There's a limit you can teach people faith. Hello? We can take 10 years and teach you faith, but there is a limit we can do. That you only grow the measure of faith with your experience with the Lord. With your intimacy with the Lord. There are certain areas you will not teach with your faith if you don't connect with the source in an intimate way. Romans in the Bible says, faith comes, but comes by hearing the word of God. Now, the word, the word word in that portion of scripture, that word is rema. So in the Bible, the word word, when you see the word word, you need to ask yourself, particularly in the New Testament, what kind of word that is? What terminology that is? So in First John, I mean in John chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Remember that? And the word was with God. And the word was with God. Now, the word there is logos in First John. But in Romans 10, where we say faith comes by hearing the word of God, the word there is rema. So to build faith, you need to hear rhema. Logos is good, but what builds faith is rhema. If you're building, building blocks for faith as our roof, you'll put one pillar here as rhema, another one as rhema, and rhema, and rhema. Rhema is the word that God reveals to your spirit. That's rhema. And so, you, we need to quicken our spirits next year that we tune our ears to hear Rema, the word of God that is revealed to you. And it's a time I gave you an example, once or twice. Christ is in the wilderness, and the devil comes to tempt him. Remember, saying, can you convert this bread for food? And he said, it is written that a man shall not live by bread, and then he says, can you bow? Can you jump? And Christ kept quoting logos, quoting scripture. And the devil kept challenging him until he said, it is said. I am receiving rema. When he spoke rema, the devil melted. When he spoke rema, the devil You can quote scripture to sickness and disease and people don't get healed. 
But when you speak grammar, when you speak grammar, people get healing. In our meeting on, on Wednesday, we were having prayers of um, uh, Waiyaki Fellowship. And we had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful worship. I know many of us were here. And God gave me Rema for one of the sisters inside that. I think one or two. And I just pray that they grasped the Rema that day. Because Rema changes life. Now, why is it that it's hard to teach people Rema? I'll give you an illustration I gave in the morning today. Uh, so, um, a few, a few months, one, one couple of months ago, one or two months, I went to visit a sister. She invited me for a cup of tea. Born again sister with children. And her youngest, sister, her youngest daughter, three years old, came to, you know, play with me. And so I asked her name, you know, what's your name? And the girl couldn't respond. She just, like, you know, just laughed and giggled and left. And the mother told me, my brother Mlongo, please pray for my daughter. She's three years old, and she has never spoken a single word. And God gave me Rema. And I told her, do not worry. Your daughter will speak. She will talk. And I felt power from my tummy. You know, you know when you're speaking Rema, my brother, you know. It's never cheated. You cannot cheat. And I've also been trained by the Lord to hear Rema. When I hear Rema, I know that is Rema. I know that is Rema. I was talking to my brother here on the phone recently about my plans for next year. And he told me, my brother Mlongo, stay there. And I canceled all my plans. I had Rema. I had Rema. We went to our local church in Dar es Salaam, in, in Dodoma. And the pastor's wife comes to me and Mwini and tells us a word. And both of us had it. It was just like a by the way. He said, did you hear what she said? She's like, oh yes, I also had it. Then Mwini said, and in the next few months, we are going to have all offers that we change location. Hello? And for sure, for the next three weeks, we have had all opportunities to change our location. But we had had Rema. We had had Rema. That woman, pastor's wife, spoke in a joking way that we had Rema. And so, I tell the lady, my, my colleague, your daughter will speak. Don't worry. Fast forward, two or three weeks later, Mweni comes to Dodoma. Nitambwe siri ya Mweni, sindiyo? Iyo tubudambi. So Mweni comes, my wife, Mweni is my wife. So we, the same sister invites me for a cup of tea after church. So we go to her house, me and Mweni. And the little girl comes again, you know, running around and falls on me and falls on Mweni. And the mother repeats the same thing. Says, my daughter cannot speak. She's three years. She's never spoken a single word. And Mweni is very scientific. Mweni knows all medical terminology. No wonder. Mweni was admitted for medicine, so she changed. So she know, but she knows all medical terminology. So she tells her, your daughter is suffering from X, blah, blah, blah. Me, I'm just watching. This is mild. What do you say? It's the disease is mild. Help me. <laughs> so the doctor in our family gives her a prescription and a diagnosis and tells her, get this kind of expert and this child will be diagnosed and will be assisted and will talk. 
And the next day was a Monday. I'm in the office with the sister. This sister was on the phone the whole day calling for the experts in the Tanzania. And finally she told me, Mlongo, can you help me Nairobi? Because you have got sufficient insurance. She was the best expert based on the diagnosis of my doctor. I looked at her and I sympathized. I said, but didn't I not just give this lady Rema recently? <laughs> didn't I not just give her Rema? But I said, the Holy Spirit told me, Mlongo, leave her pay school fees. I want to tell her, did I not tell you your daughter would speak? The Holy Spirit told me, leave it. Faith is grasped. Let her pay her school fees. We've paid ours. She's going to spend the money and the daughter will speak. Next time I tell her, didn't I not tell you? She will have learned a lesson. She'll be in form three, form four. So there is a level we can't teach you faith. You have to pay school fees. So next year, brothers and sisters, let's grow in faith. Let's grow in rhema. Let's grow in love. Let's grow in speech. Let's have aboundings. Let's abound. Father, we thank you. We thank you and we welcome next year. And we confess that next year we shall abound. We shall abound in faith. Through our hands we will heal people. Through our words we will heal people. We will heal children and marriages and nations. We will pray things and they will come to pass. We will abound in love. We will give warmth. We will generate life. That is our prayer. That's our, our aspiration. We know that we are already prosperous. Our food has been taken care of. Our water and shelter. Our school fee has been provided. But we shall excel. Next year we shall bless the nations. And this country. And beyond. Because we will abound. Abounding is our portion. Abounding is our desire. From our belly shall flow living, water of living waters. That is our prayer. That is our desire. Father, let it come to pass. And we prophesy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we appreciate him?